From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, I'm Tony Bruschi, and welcome to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Thank you so much for joining us, wherever you may be, whatever time of day you're listening, whatever year you are catching this episode in. You're in for a good show today, and we thank you for joining us. And of course, I've said we encourage you to share the show. That's how we keep the show growing. If you share it on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, just put a link up to one of our episodes or our website. Uh, I will email you back with a link to a bonus episode made specifically just as a thank you. It's not publicly posted anywhere. It's just emailed direct from me to you as a thank you for sharing the show. So do that. Do some sharing. Send me a screenshot of where you shared it to Tony at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. That's T-O-N-Y at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. And I'll send you that bonus episode uh, from me to you direct as a thank you. So thank you in advance for doing that. That's how our show grows. That's how we get more folks listening to it. And that's how we get uh, more ghost stories to share with you every single week here on the show. Little update for you since the last time we talked. Uh, we've, uh, of course, I've been mentioning my grandfather and not being in the uh, the greatest of health. Uh, and uh, in the past uh, couple of weeks here, he did uh, indeed uh, pass on. So that uh, comes with mixed emotions. I'm relieved. Um, he, he did not want to end up in a nursing home. He did not want to end up kind of a vegetable or in misery for years he uh when it was his time he wanted to go and it was it was indeed his time and and he uh ended up in some hospice care for about two weeks and um actually he was getting impatient towards the end to be completely honest he was wake going to bed at night thinking okay maybe this is it next day he'd wake up and he'd he'd say isn't this party over yet he always had had a great sense of humor and that was with him till the very end and um was able to share some laughs and uh, and some some good memories with a lot of friends and family uh, right up to the very end. So I'm sad, you know, as anyone would be, you know, when your loved one passes. But I'm I'm relieved and I'm happy for him too that uh, he was able to to go when he wanted to, when the time was right. So love my grandpa. I had a chance just to do the eulogy at his funeral. Uh, the other week, and it was difficult, but I did manage to to, uh, to to make my way through it, only kind of choking up once or twice, as far as I can remember. It was it wasn't the easiest thing, but anyhow, and I, I've been I've been waiting for uh, for for an appearance of him, if you will. <laughs> you know? Of course, being someone who's into ghost stories, you start thinking every little thing could possibly be him saying, "Hey, I'm over here." I've had a couple little things that that kind of made me raise an eyebrow, and I'll share them, you know. And, and I and I do not necessarily directly attribute this or think this was him for sure. But I don't know. On a previous episode of the show, what I thought was um, we heard some knocking suddenly in the studio. Uh, you may remember this about two episodes back at the end of the show. Um, it was towards the end of the show. We just got done talking about Ouija boards and such. And I heard what sounded like a knock on the studio door here. And there was no one in the building. Um, my thought process immediately at that point was that maybe my grandpa had just passed and he was just kind of passing by and saying, hey, here I am. Well, he did not pass at that point. And that knocking, I still don't know exactly what to attribute that to. Um, other than in this area of the country, we've been having multitudes of earthquakes. We are in Kansas. Uh, yeah. It's it's attributed mainly to fracking, uh, but we've been having a lot of those. Uh, and when we have these slight earthquakes that you can barely feel, 
door jams settle and I, I, I have a studio door that does seem to make some noise when that happens. So I'm thinking that may have been what that was. But other than that, um, when we were up there in Wisconsin um, for my grandfather's funeral, my mother took a picture uh, of, of her and my dad and, and my two girls on the couch. They were just watching him one night when me and my wife went out to dinner. And in that picture, right above my little girl and my mom uh, is a big orb. And that was that was pretty neat. And that, that was uh, just a few days after his passing. It was before the funeral. But just very strategically placed right above those two was uh, was an orb. Uh, and that was that was interesting. They took a couple of photos and it only showed up in the one. And uh, I had one other thing where I was at his. Uh, uh, he was in an apartment for a very short period of time, um, an assisted care apartment. And we were getting a few things out of there. And the last thing to get out was this uh, reclining electric chair when the kind of heats and massages and all that. And we're taking a picture of it because they were going to sell it. And I plugged it in to take the picture because uh, we had to have it recline. I had to press a button electronically to put the the footstool part out on it. And when I was pressing, I sat in the chair for a second. Then I pressed the button to get it to recline out. And it shocked me suddenly. The, the remote shocked me. And it completely went out. And I had to unplug and replug it back in to get it to work just fine again but it like it gets slightly shorted out now it could be static electricity it could be anything but it was my grandpa's chair he'd had it for a little while and i'm i don't know you know you hear the stories of them coming back uh through electronics because of the energy and whatnot it almost kind of makes me wonder a little bit because as far as i know there was no other stories of the chair malfunctioning or having that issue uh ever um, until that point, we plugged it back in and it worked just fine. So I don't know. I don't know. Part of me kind of likes to think maybe, maybe I just hope, uh, he's, uh, he's doing well, um, on the other side now. He's a good guy. So there you go. There's my little bit of ghost story for you on uh, on this episode. Uh, we got uh, letters uh, to read off today, some good ones. If you have a real ghost story to share with us, you can email it to us. Just go to our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. Click on that Tell Us Your Ghost Story button, and uh, we will try and share your ghost story on a future episode here at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, or you can always call in. Our toll-free number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. And what we've been learning is that you have about two minutes to share your ghost story using that phone number. Uh, so kind of get to the point of the ghost story if you can. That's about when it cuts off. Um, but we would love to hear your real ghost story. And if you'd like us to call us back or like me to call you back, let that uh, be known. And we may call you uh, to get a extended version of the ghost story on a future episode of the show. So all that being said, let's kick off the show. Let's go to the phone lines and go to one of those Real Ghost Stories from 855-853-4802. Hello, you are on the air at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hey, Tony, this is Leander. I was calling to uh, give you my true ghost story. Actually, I have two. Uh, the first one is when I moved into a new apartment, I had the little top loft where you could you know, kind of look over. And my grandson had downstairs, so I was, I was sleep upstairs. So about... 11.30, 12 o'clock, I turned the television off to, you know, get some sleep. So I guess about maybe 
want to say maybe seven in the morning, I started hearing this banging. And the banging was so loud, I woke up because I could tell it was in my apartment. So I woke up and I was like, why did nobody tell me they was coming in here? So I'm leaning up on my elbows and I see this guy going back and forth with a gray uniform. So I say, is everything okay? And he never answered. He went back in the bathroom and continued banging and continued banging. And then he came out and I heard his walkie-talkie go off. And he picked it up and said, they sent me back because this is a special young man who went this apartment. Now, I am a minister, so I didn't know if that's what he was talking about because I didn't mention that to anybody in the rental office or anything like that. So he finally looked up at me. He picked up a yellow piece of paper and started walking up the steps to where I was. And as he got up there, the paper fell and the man was never there. I called to the rental office and I asked them did anything happen strange in that apartment and the rental uh, person started stuttering like she was trying to get her words together. I said, well, that's my answer. I said, so I'll be out of here before we send. And I, you know, happened to move out of there. The second story was during the 80s. Um, I was heavy into a lot of acting and, you know, sitting around with other people, you know, because I wasn't from L.A. And I kept getting, you know, selected for different roles. So I don't know if you remember, probably back in the 80s, there was a show called Lady Blue. It was a police female detective show. And I was going back in for for a reading to, like a second reading. And as we were sitting there talking, they would say, well, won't you go and touch the Hollywood sign or go to the Hollywood sign? You'll have good luck. So we all were sitting around. And at this time, my mom couldn't travel with me, so I had a companion who would go out with me who was about my age anyway. So we all were sitting around. So we decided to you know, go ahead and see what this was about. So about, I guess, 7 o'clock that evening, we started trailing up there and trailing up there, and then it was, you know, starting to get dark. And as night fell, we were walking, but I could see movements ahead of us. And it looked like a woman wearing a white dress. Uh, she, uh, it was like the dress was from, like, the 40s or 50s, somewhere around in that era. And she was just walking up the little pathway. She never stumbled. She never fell. And we was falling all over the place. You know, 19 and 20 years old. And this person, this woman, was just walking up this hill without any kind of effort at all. So as we kept, we kept walking behind her, because, you know, it's L.A., you know, she might have been an actress or whatever. You know, she got to the top where we were headed to, and she vanished. So as we got to the top, we happened to look up and this same woman was standing like on the top of the sign. I would never forget it, the H. Looked up at this woman. She was standing on the H, and she jumped off, and we were, we were startled. Like, what the hell? You know? And we just we took off running. And when I ever heard that saying that you wet yourself, trust me, we were, we were beelining like nobody's business because it was it's oh, so odd, so strange. And then we wound up seeing the same episode like on Paranormal Witness and whatever you saw there that was absolutely true because we had a chance to experience it and it said that she was an actress from the 30s or the 40s and um, who committed suicide and she seemed to be paying more attention when she did glance at my direction and I don't know if because she because Cal I was an actor or whatever but it was just very very strange yeah, and that sounds uh, very, very strange. 
It's interesting how many paranormal stories come out of Hollywood. You know, is it because there's so much heartbreak there? Is it because so many people, they have these giant dreams and expectations sometimes. And then they get out there and they struggle and they struggle and they struggle and they struggle. And the dream eventually dies and so do they. Is that why there's so much haunting activity in in Hollywood? It's because of all the broken dreams and lost energy that still is searching out that attention even after death. It's interesting because some of these stories you hear of the struggling actor or actress that finally gets the attention. They're dead, but they finally get the attention they've wanted in life in death. I wonder if that's fulfilling at that point. Seriously, I wonder, as a ghost, can you be fulfilled in death by a a living uh, desire? It's a it's an interesting interesting thought. Thank you for the call. If you have a call or a story you'd like to share with us, give us a call. 855-853-4802-855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. I have a letter to read off uh, here. This one comes to us from Gabriel. Gabriel writes in, This happens on a regular basis. Something follows me everywhere to work. Shopping in my car, literally everywhere I go. At first, I was scared, but nothing bad had happened yet. I just cope with it. Plus, it follows me everywhere, so it's not like moving home, switching jobs will help. There has been thousands of incidents, so I'll just let you know about the most interactive ones. A little background about me, about me before I mention anything. I've suffered from depression, low self-esteem, and social anxiety, which has only recently been resolved. These incidents started when I was depressed. The first ever experience happened in summer of 2013. I just got some glasses for the first time, and often I would see a glare in them. You know, when you're looking through your glasses and you look to the side and you can see a reflection of what's behind you. Yeah, well, I kept on seeing lights that resembled the lights you get from waving a glow stick around in the dark room. I would put down the glasses and I just was getting used to them. I started to figure out that it wasn't the glasses. The glares would only come when something weird happened. For example, on one occasion I was doing my makeup in the mirror and I saw the glare. I took my glasses off and put them on the table in front of my teddy bear, which sits on my desk. I started to do my eye makeup, and I continued to see the glare behind me in the mirror. When I turned around, the glare had gone. I turned back around to see if I could still see in the mirror, and that's when I noticed the glasses were now on my teddy bear. I didn't know what to make of the situation because it wasn't exactly scary or evil. Another encounter happened that was similar to this one, this time when I was doing my hair. I was late to work and I decided I'd do my hair and makeup at work. That way I could still sign in on time. I wasn't wearing my glasses this day. I was in the bathroom and combing through my hair to put in a ponytail. I hung my head upside down so that I could get a hold of my hair and could see this glare behind me through my legs. I came back up and looked in the mirror and I could still see it. Frightened, I looked away and quickly tied up my hair. 
As I was grabbing my stuff to leave, I heard a very faint voice say, Pretty. I'm from the UK, but this voice was definitely American. I couldn't figure out if it was a man or a woman. The way my body reacted to this voice was very unfamiliar. I never felt this scared in my life. I was hot and cold at the same time, sweating, heart racing. I couldn't focus at all. Anyway, so I sat at my desk and grabbed a comb out of my bag to comb through my ponytail, seeing as I left the bathroom in such a hurry, I never actually managed to finish my hair. I started to brush through, but something kept catching my comb. I had a feeling through my ponytail, and that's when I noticed that a small section of my ponytail had a braid in it, which I didn't do. Many things like this happened. When I went clothes shopping, I'd hear pretty in the changing rooms on a couple of occasions. The most recent experience, which I believe to be the glare, which I haven't named yet because I still can't tell if it's male or female. I was driving on my way to collect my dog from the groomers and I was driving around this country road doing 70, 80 miles per hour as I approached the traffic lights thinking that I would be able to get through them before they turned red. I was about 200 yards away and they turned orange. I panicked and my aim was to still keep going even if it turned red because there seemed to be nobody around anyway. My car started to slow down even though I had my foot on the gas pedal. My car came to a stop a few yards in front of the traffic lights and two cars came speeding past. I swear I did not press the brakes myself. Now, at first, I couldn't tell if it was a male or female. But recently, I've been having dreams of a lady. She's wearing a long, multicolored kind of paisley dress. She's a very warm smile. It almost seems like it should be creepy, but I'm never scared. Behind her are clouds, but they contain the glow and a glow stick smear around them. I'm starting to think she could be the glare thing that's following me. I'm hoping she'll reveal more about herself and what she wants from me. Thank you for that real ghost story. Very interesting. The woman with the glow. It's interesting how sometimes you hear ghost stories in the apparitions that are being seen have uh, appear to be a light to them and then other times they're just clear as day and just not glowing just there without light as if you were in the dark you may not see them if there's no light and then sometimes when you're in the dark you may see them because they're glowing I wonder what that is why why do some glow and some not glow is it the amount of energy they're holding at that time if you have a real ghost story, we'd love to hear it. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call with your real ghost story to share with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to another caller. Hi, you are on the air at Real Ghost Stories Online. So my story happened recently, about two weeks ago. I was at home alone studying and made myself a cup of tea. When I finished the first cup, I went for a second, and that's when I saw that my water boiler in the kitchen was plugged out of the wall. I never unplugged my kettle. Never. I was really scared, although it's nothing like seeing an actual ghost, but I know that it wasn't me who unplugged the boiler. I still don't know what happened. No one believes that there was something else, not me. But I, but I know, I know it was something else. I, j- I just know that it it wasn't me. So, yeah, weird things happen. 
A ghost that unplugs tea kettles. Spooky. <laughs> What's that from? That's a line from a movie. That was some movie where somebody goes, it's with a, a kind of a mundane story. And, and uh, thank you for the story. Um, and they go, spooky. <laughs> I forgot what that is. Interesting, though. You know, I, I, I wonder sometimes if, if there are more paranormal things going on in people's worlds that are going unnoticed just because they are so mundane and regular tasks like unplugging an item where you could easily dismiss that as, oh, I did that before, I forgot, or maybe someone else did it in the house. And, you know, a lot of times, especially when you have kids, you blame your kids if, if something that you know you did not do happened just because kids do that sort of thing. You know, okay, who did this? And eventually, usually one of them fesses up. But sometimes they're adamant. Uh-uh, didn't do that. And if you didn't do it and they didn't do it, the calming thing to believe is that your kids really did do it and they're just not admitting to it or they forgot too. But you have to wonder sometimes, did something else actually cause whatever the uh, item in question is to have occurred? If you're a real ghost story, give us a call, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. That is our phone number. Next letter uh, comes to us from James. James writes in, I live in the United Kingdom, and when I was about six years old, my family and I went on a weekend break to Wales. During our time, they fell ill and passed away soon after returning home. A year later, we returned to the same holiday camp. Myself, my sister, and my mom and dad stayed in a holiday home, and my aunt and cousin stayed in a tent next to us. My sister and I slept on a bunk bed. I was on the bottom. I woke up in the middle of the night to a shadow of a lady standing in front of me. Though I was paralyzed with fear, I feel it was my nan due to the outline of the spirit. I eventually got the guts to shout my dad, who calmed me down and got me back to sleep. Later that night, we were all awoken by a loud knock on the door. My dad went outside and was met by my aunt, who asked what he, why he shook the tent vigorously, for my nan has since been seen most, notably by my mom, who looked in the mirror one day and, instead of seeing her reflection, saw my grandmother's. Love the show from the UK. Thank you very much. We appreciate uh, that letter, James, and that story of your grandmother coming back for a little return visit. I hope my grandpa comes back for a little return visit. Or maybe he already has, like we were talking about earlier. One of the interesting things that uh, I was given uh, from my grandfather uh, after he passed, as my family was going through the house, kind of cleaning things out, they found the old microphones that I used to play radio station with when I was about seven or eight years old. I, I've, I've played radio since I was three, quite, quite literally. I have tapes of me pretending to do radio contests and announcing Beach Boy songs. But when I would go to Grandpa's house, of course, my game of choice was playing radio station. And what he would do is he would set up in his office, which is a oh, you know, kind of corner office, wood panels. It was really neat. It kind of felt like a studio, like a radio studio. Uh, but he had a little stereo in there and some little microphones that went into the, the stereo. And he would get that thing hooked up for me with the microphones and a cassette tape. And I would sit there and I'd be playing radio station. And he made it into a little studio for me. 
and these I, I will not forget because it's an oddly shaped little microphone that he gave me to play with and I had not seen them since I was about seven or eight playing that in his house and that was given to me uh, this last week when I went uh, to visit and to, to go to the funeral. They found the microphones that I used to play radio station with. And it's really cool to have those again. I, I Half of me is thinking, hey, we should hook those up and use those for an episode of the show. I don't know. what I, I can't imagine they're of great quality <laughs> as far as delivering a show on them. It's probably would kind of sound like this. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll just we'll hook them up for a. Uh, a story or two, just uh, in honor of that. But it, it's cool to have those those microphones back, and uh, not back, but but in my possession now. So many good memories of uh, of using those when I was a kid. If you have a real ghost story? Give us a call. The phone number again: eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. Let's go to another real ghost story if I can get my computer to work correctly here it's kind of jumping around for whatever reason and I do not know why there you go how strange is this I I don't know what's going on here I'm trying to simply access the word document with our story on and it literally is scrolling around by itself I got, <laughs> I got to our story. You know, you know, I, I've been saying, hey, Grandpa, show us a, maybe, and I keep writing these little things off as being, ah, it's a, you know, technical glitch. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Here we go. This one comes into us from Lori. Lori writes, and when I was about five years old, my parents rented a cottage on a lake in Plymouth, Massachusetts. My father is a builder and was in a rent to buy situation. My folks wanted to live in a house, but their account we didn't end up buying because my two older siblings, brother nine, sister 11, didn't like the cottage because it smelled funny. You know, there are mothballs for that, right? I recall there was a small boathouse that was really creepy. It was like a shed over water so a boat could be pulled in and kept protected. The cottage was a small three-bedroom, but on a beautiful shaded spot right on the lake. I'm 44 now and can still recall the creepiest night of my life. I went to bed earlier than everyone else, and about five minutes after the lights went out, I saw a shadow looking in the window. It was very dark, almost like a black cupboard cutout. I had a pointy black hat. I couldn't... It, it had a pointy black hat. I couldn't make out any facial features. Naturally, I screamed, and my father went all around the yard but couldn't find a thing chalking it up to a child's imagination they put me back to bed but kept the door ajar so some light came into the room within a few minutes I started to see footprints starting on the floor and going up the wall the prints were also very black and solid and looked like what a dance chart print would look like when the left would hit the right would disappear this went slowly up the wall and on the ceiling. I just remember pulling the covers over my head and finally went to sleep. I don't know what that was or what it, or what it meant, but I know it happened. It was not my imagination or a dream. We moved out shortly after that. The irony is that I've always wanted a cottage on a lake and so wish we stayed despite the experience. 
Lori, thank you for writing in and sharing your story with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. I do appreciate that. Computer's not scrolling strange anymore. We got through the story. That was awkward. That was weird. Well, cottages, summer homes. There's some creepy ones out there. A lot of them, a lot of the older ones sometimes that you'll find in a lot of vacation communities actually had been permanent residents for a lot of folks for a lot of years, especially ones that date back to the 1800s and then eventually just became uh, in, in somewhat of a disrepair and and then just be uh, end up being used as, as summer homes. And you have to wonder all the energy and the memories and the times that were shared in those homes as regular homes. Are they stirred up when people come back and visit? Or... Is there activity there year-round? When I lived in an area of Michigan, uh, it was called Petoskey, Michigan, for about a year, there was a whole section of the town, and it alludes me what the, uh, what the neighborhood was called, but it's an area that's only opened in summer. Huge Victorian-esque-style mansions that were probably at one time full-time year-round homes, but now are mainly only summer homes. And they shut down this entire part of the city. Literally, roads are closed. You can't drive in. You can't drive out. You can only access the area in summer. And just these huge homes that looked abandoned when you drove near the neighborhood in winter. But in summer, they came completely alive. I always wanted to go through that neighborhood in winter and look at those homes and look in those windows and see if I could see something. I did do a ghost investigation at a hotel in that neighborhood at one point. And I think I might have shared this story in a previous episode, but the evening that I spent in that haunted hotel was one of the best nights of sleep I've ever had in my life. Slept the whole night through, did not wake up once. And I normally wake up three to four times in a night. I just, it's, it's just how I am. I slept from the time I went to bed to the time I woke up. And my co-host on the show I was doing at the time uh, was awoken several times to what sounded like people in the hallway throwing a party and our rooms were simply across the hall from one another I'm a light sleeper if I had heard that I would have awoken it's very interesting that sound it seems can be projected in specific directions when it comes to the paranormal at least that's what it appeared to be in that specific incident very interesting place. If you ever get a chance to get up there, it's near the Traverse City area of Michigan. Just uh, fun, interesting, interesting town with uh, a whole lot of uh, lot of history there. So, to wrap up this episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, I want to say thank you, of course, for listening. Please do subscribe. Press the subscribe button. Share the show. Email me when you've shared the show with a screenshot of where you shared it. Tony, T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com and I will email you a bonus episode of the show as a thank you for sharing the love and let everybody know about Real Ghost Stories Online. That's how we grow the show every single week. Until next time, from realghoststoriesonline.com I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening. <laughs>